Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Training Room Talk. I'm Dr. John Herding here with Coach Rob Rubina. How are we doing? Dr. Nick Paragini. Hey, guys. And Dr. Ray Carr. Hey, how's everyone doing today? Today we want to talk about, we want to throw out another kind of um, topic for young professionals about how to get the most out of your first job. Um, we feel like, especially as kids have just graduated college a couple months ago, um, we have a bunch of patients who are kind of looking to us for advice, um, some former interns. Um, you know, and, and we just want to throw it out there about what are some of our experiences have been with our first jobs and what advice we can give young professionals about what to look for in a first job and then how that can set them up for future, um, you know, future American dream job. Um, you know, personally, if I take it from there, it's, it's very rare that you're going to get your dream job. Um, out of school, right? You need the, there has to be foundational steps to ultimately reach where you want to go. Um, some people do get their dream job right out of school, and then you have to figure out how to manage that with the growth that comes with it um, as you gain more experience, etc. Um, but basically, what are some things? And maybe we'll just do a roundtable first, guys, and see what um, what your f- initial thoughts on or how you get the most out of your first job. Um, and let's start with you, Rob, in strength and conditioning. Um, as a new professional coming out, what to look for in their first job experience, and do you value money and benefits more than experience, or um, experience more than money and benefits, and kind of take it from there? So strength and conditioning is, is a very unique field when it comes to entering it, um, because a lot of what you do as strength coach is tough to learn in the school setting, um, which means there's a lot of emphasis placed on your internship experience, so if you have poor internship experience, a poor, a poor, you know, mentor when it comes to the field strength conditioning, uh, your first couple jobs are going to be not very good because you're not you're not down the right path. So, you know, I think my advice to someone looking for a first job is if you haven't already, find a good mentor and do a really good internship where you're actually learning real life strength and conditioning, and that can be. In the college setting, that can be in the private setting, that can be doing personal training. Train, train someone, train people, and learn to train people. Um, so if you don't get that experience, uh, then having a job doing that, no one's going to hire you. I wouldn't hire someone that doesn't have any training experience or a good internship experience. So I don't know if that makes sense. Like my, I don't know, my, I think my, my advice is find a good internship and find a good mentor. I actually think that's perfect advice, Rob. I think, I think uh, internships can set you up for your first job if you play your cards right. And I mean, my personal experience, um, like I had a great last internship um, down in Chatham, Virginia, with Grady Cook and Don Reagan. They, uh, you know, kind of helped me find a job and a couple opportunities. And, you know, I said, you know, I went and took a job in Virginia and I was trying to stay in that circle um, and also received mentorship. And so, you know, I went to Virginia not knowing anybody. I mean, I was working 50, 60 hours a week. I was trying to dive into this uh, CrossFit world down there, make a name for myself. 
Um, and it went really well. And I gave it three years, spent as much time as I could there, and kind of ceilinged out. And, you know, luckily I found a great opportunity up here with John in the training room. But I think it all starts in terms of setting up um, that kind of timeline that I went through. I think it all starts with the internships and, and finding good mentorship. And I think speaking to that, Ray, Don connected us. Yeah, he did. I think. And, and Don gave you a great recommendation, which um, I don't think we even came in for a face-to-face -face interview before. Oh, man. We, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was about as low-key so, as it can go. So that speaks to like how but, mentorships and, and internships can, and prior experience can yeah. kind of set you up for future success. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. My, my advice on, on this one is to take control and take control early. You know, as a as a student, as someone who's you know looking to prepare for their first job, I think you have a lot more control than you think, and you know your ability to reach out to people, to research, to do self learning and self development, uh, your ability to put yourself in situations that are uncomfortable, that force you and demand you to grow into a better version of yourself. Um, I think sometimes we wait until, you know, maybe we are in that opportunity, you know, where it's an it's a ideal job or an attractive job, and we kind of expect maybe to, to have our hand held or to have mentorship that helps us along the way at our first job, when in reality, I think you can take control as a, as a student or young professional and seek these opportunities um, to grow and to become a better version of yourself and to get more reps and to get more experience in, in whatever field that you're in. Um, so, you know, again, my, my, uh, my path was again, you know, emailing out, you know, over 20 gyms in the city as an undergraduate, just to get in anywhere, um, you know, making, forming my own internships with school, you know, using that to get me experience at actually training people and getting paid to train people. Um, you know, and, and progressing that experience to the collegiate setting and ultimately to physical therapy, but not waiting until, you know, I was done with PT school to do something that was worthwhile and I was passionate about. But, um, you know, ultimately my advice is, you know, make your own opportunities and, and find, you know, find ways to provide value, you know, wherever you can. And I completely agree with that. No opportunity, I think, in like my development or business or whatever hasn't been um, without getting outside my comfort zone and reaching out and um, learning from people that are willing to guide you. And all you have to do is ask the right questions. Yeah. And if you find the right people, they'll guide you. Um, and if they're not willing to guide you, just find someone else because they're not the right person you want to be with. Yeah, I think that's a really important one too, right? Because it's, it's kind of a catch-22 in that like, you, know, you, you want to be good at your job, but you also have to fail a lot. And you also have to be uncomfortable a lot, and you have to have be have someone willing to, you know, correct you or to to help you grow. And I look at the interns a lot here, you know, even on the PT side of things, and upstairs working with Robin, you know, we put them on the spot, and you know, we make them think critically, <laughs> and uh, and a lot of times, you know, it's like it can be embarrassing, it can be uncomfortable, but you know, generally we we're doing this because you know, we care about them. And we've had people that have treated us that way. And guess what? We went home and we learned and we got better and we got a little uncomfortable and we kind of got used to it. And it, it kind of forced us to level up. So I think part of it, if you can, you know, before you really start is find someone that will, you know, not judge you for, for not knowing something, but generally cares about, you know, your growth and, and getting you better. And I think that's like, the perfect balance of what you want to find. It's also catch-22 because the reality is 
it's like you're not going to be good at first and you have to go through that process but the right person will understand that and they'll be willing to help you grow and teach you and and walk you step by step through the process yeah um so so i guess my first job experience look thinking back to um you know i was hired um, i took a job that was not the most ideal it was lower paying it was an hour commute um, early hours just to start to gain the experience. And it, I, I truly believe if I didn't take that first job, it wouldn't have allowed me to build to where I am now. If I would have waited for, I actually had another job or opportunity outside of the field, initially out of undergrad that paid more, but it was only a summertime gig. And then I would have been on my own looking for a job after that. But I took a lower paying job um, just to gain experience. And then eight months later, I took a step up, got more experience, which allowed me to take on a couple more jobs and gain more experience and then from there I grew so I think when looking at the opportunities look for um, not necessarily the best paying or of course financial circumstances and all of, you know some extraneous factors come into play but I don't think it's always you, you shouldn't chase the money and benefits initially when you're trying to gain experience you need to play the long game instead of you know the, the short game if that's possible for you to do I think yeah, I agree yeah, and I think from a from a training side, you're not gonna. It's very difficult to get like a full time strength and conditioning job right out of school. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, my experiences, I mean, as an undergrad student, I had a summer off before grad school, and um, I was doing group fitness training. Mm. Yes, group <laughs> fitness training. Ah, oh, fires me up. Yeah. <laughs> And um, your classes and personal training, and that's what I did for a, a whole summer. I've been there, and that's what I did. And I, and I worked the front desk. I made smoothies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I did. Uh, hey, was it ideal? Was it what? Was it what I wanted to do? No. Was it a step in the direction that I was trying to go to? Absolutely. And Rob, then, I made six dollars a half hour at LA Fitness at a. For a five thirty client, yep. <laughs> like, same, right. See, you know what that tells me though, and I think like sometimes in just like students that roll through, and I mean we've been blessed with a lot of good students, but um, I mean you can't be afraid to put in your time. I feel like that's what it comes down to. You yep. can't be you can't be scared to put in that time, and you know start at a place that you know sometimes not comfortable for you, yep. or maybe might not offer all the best things, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 not. You're not going to have your ideal job. I think that that has to be known. Your first job is not what you want to do. You know, after even after grad school, my first job was in the basement of an ice rink, training figure skaters. I did that for eight months. Yeah. Fifteen hours a week. That's what I did. Did I want to train figure skaters? No. Nothing against figure skaters, but I didn't want it. That's not what I wanted to do. But hey, it was a job, and I got more experience. It was a different population in a different yeah. setting, with beat up equipment. You know, no no gym culture, no music. It was just like not ideal. But hey, it was it was what an opportunity that I was providing. I took it. You know, um, and you keep you keep on keeping on, and then you eventually end up in a spot where you're happy and you enjoy, and and that's uh, you know that's what you want to try to do. So just realize that your first job is is, is just that. It's your first job. And you're there to get experience. You're there to learn. You're there to try something new. And I like Nick said earlier, like you're there to be un- you're there to be uncomfortable. 
Like that's huge. If you're not uncomfortable doing what you're doing, then you're not you're not going to grow and you're not going to learn. And I think if you take the perspective of that experience, Rob, is now you can probably look at any gym or you can go outside and train a team of baseball players with minimal or no equipment or the worst equipment out there. And partly because you've learned from that experience of training figure skaters in the basement, right? Yeah. So I think if absolutely. you look at their change your, your perspective around to this is just going to help me be better in the future because I've had this experience and I've had to be resourceful. Um, that's only a growth experience going from there, right? Yeah, it just it gives you more knowledge. Knowledge is power. Like, I have knowledge of what group fitness classes are like. I taught them for a whole summer. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be a personal trainer and work from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single morning. I and know what that's like. And at some point as a strength coach or a PT, you're going to have clients that are doing group exercise or they're going to be doing personal training or they're going to be doing this type of fitness program and you're going to have to understand either what they're currently doing and how you're going to integrate with that or where they're coming from or where they're going to Uh, and i think being able to say that hey you know what i've taught group exercise i know exactly where you're coming from or where your goal is to get to um, so we can we can help you get there because i've had that experience it's huge i think too um first job like don't be afraid to go out to other gyms in the area and like start to build more of a network. Like as a, as a first job or you're in your first job, you think you're think you're good, like you're not good. Like go meet other people. <laughs> go meet other people. Go see what other people are doing. Like you think you know what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing. You know. So like go see what other trainers are doing. Go see what other PTs are doing. Go start to build a network. Um, there's no there's no like start that as soon as possible. And, you're going to be better off for it. And again, you find the right people, they'll welcome you with open arms to come observe. That's, that's never an issue in our clinic, right? Um, and then we've talked about how, you, how to observe in a prior episode, but it's never an, ep- an, uh, um, you know, an issue in our clinic with, yeah, come hang out, come talk shop, like see what we're doing. We'd love to learn from you too if we have a good discussion. Um, but just be open-minded and, and um, take those opportunities for what they are and, and as a growth opportunity. Um, so going from there, guys, so now you got your first job, and like you said, Rob, you're probably working from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., taking a break for lunch, and then going back from like 5 to 9 at night, right? So they're long days. Um, you're expected, your 5 a.m., your, I mean, sorry, your 8 p.m. client doesn't care that you had a 5 a.m. client. You still have to bring the energy. Nope. You still have to. Bring noise, John. Bring noise. Exactly. So how are you preventing burnout when every day is a 16, 18-hour day? You're bringing energy to everyone. You know, how are you maintaining um, some sense of a life that can keep you from just getting burned out in the process? Because we see it a ton where the coaches will try it for a couple of years and they're like, screw this, long hours, no money, like I'm out, right? And then they transition to something, um, something different. So how are you, what's your advice to preventing burnout in, in your profession? And then we'll get into ours. Yeah, I think um, for me, this is just like life and work balance. Like you have a life, live your life, and then you work. So have a good balance between those two. If you have a good balance between your life and your work, everything's going to be, everything's going to be okay. Uh, If you just work all the time and have no life, you're going to, you're going to get burned out. So make sure when you go home, 
Like, this is the things person that I do. Like, you go home, like, you're home. Do something else. Don't worry about work. You know, I try to, personally for me, like, I try to do work at work. And I really try to bring work home. I try to keep it at work. When I'm home, I'm doing other stuff. You know, whatever it is. Whatever helps keep you happy. Watching Netflix, playing video games, you know, playing with your kids, whatever. Um, I think just having a good work-life balance um, is, a, is a really good way to help prevent burnout. You know, at the same time, like, you know, you have to make sure that what you're doing is what you are passionate about, what you like to do. If you're not passionate about it, then, yeah, you're going to give up on it because you're not really in the game. So make sure, you know, you're prepared and you're ready to do what you want to do. Yeah, you know, I think one of the big ones there is, you know, being a year out and getting all this experience. No, I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> when, you know, I've heard a quote, you know, you know, when your when your passion and purpose line up, you know, you know, burnout is isn't a thing. So I think, kind of having that good job, having the people you know sur- surround you, you know, understanding, you know, having some fulfillment in in what you do, I think is a big piece. Um, in preventing burnout, and unfortunately, I think a lot of this, you know, a lot of the systems, you know, that that we that we see in physical therapy and, and, and insurance reimbursement type clinics um, don't allow for that, you know, purpose and passion to be met. So, I guess making sure that you're having a job that allows you to practice, you know, the way that you'd like to practice and 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 see the type of fulfillment that you like to see is is a really important concept. Um, so yeah, that's my kind of little sense on that. Yeah, I think. Um I love what you said about purpose and fulfillment too because honestly I think it was what was it maybe last Friday or last week sometime when you were like you looked at my schedule and I had maybe like six people lined up and you were like right that's not work you know because yeah, if yeah, you looked yeah. at like the six people it was a couple of my baseball guys it was like you know and it's yeah I mean it's I'm like I'm the kind of in the trenches type of PT like I love love treating I get really caught up in it throughout the day but at the same time like I'm uh, I agree with Rob 100%. Like when I go home, I like to kind of leave work for the most part at the office, and I try, I try to get away a little bit just as a, as a refresher. So, um, and then one thing I mentioned mentioned before we started this was I thought who you surround yourself with at work. You know, I think it's so beneficial because I feel like I don't know for whatever reason, and I mean John, Nick, maybe like you guys, like around four years, like for PTs, like I notice people a lot of people changing like whether it's changing companies going different directions like yeah it's a high burnout time for people and I think like in terms of for me like surrounding myself around you guys um having students come in I think energizes me um you know just different things uh but definitely surrounding myself around around good people like yourselves I think has helped a lot as well yeah, and, and I think having a schedule and having consistency is too. Like if you are able to set up a schedule where, um, you know, what, is, what does Jocko Willink say? Where the more structured you are, the more freedom you have. Discipline equals freedom. Discipline equals freedom, right? So when you know that every morning you're going to wake up and get like a 5 a.m. workout in, and then that sets you up for a, a great yeah, day moving you know forward, right? You know what to expect. If you have some time, you know, you're like, you know what, PT wise or, or maybe writing programs wise, Rob, if you know, you know what, every Sunday um, from six to seven, that's going to be my catch up time where I'm going to have to catch up on patient notes or writing programs. So I'm ready for the week moving forward. Um, and then you, of course, have your structured hours where you're on the floor, you're coaching or you're treating or whatever. But being able to have discipline where, hey, you know what, no matter what, um, 
half hour before I go to bed, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a book and wind down a little bit. Um, I think that's how you can kind of keep it in line and make sure you're continuing to um, keep up with like your con ed and your the education part of our professions. And then um, you can keep some sort of life because you know every day when you're gonna work out, you know when you're gonna spend your family time. Like if you take out a weekly calendar and write down, these are the, the steps I'm gonna take. And, and um, when you have that schedule, I think it's, re it's really easy to prevent a little bit of burnout. Um, because I've been all over the place and burned out and, and it, quite frankly, I'm probably still getting over it a little bit. But I think having a schedule and some discipline has helped to, to bring that back to me a little bit because um, there were years where I was running all over the place and not, I never stopped working or whatever. So I think um, to me, that's my biggest piece of advice. Like early on in your career, you are going to work hard. You are going to work long hours. You'll probably be pissed off because you're not making the money that you see all your friends in other professions making. Um, but at, at the same time, like you're setting a good foundation. And then if you can bring a little structure to that, I think you can prevent burnout in the long run and set yourself up for your dream job in the end. And now I'm looking at all my friends and they're, they're still, they're working 80, 100 hour weeks in a cubicle hating life. And they're all envious of us being on our feet, working with athletes. Um, you know, and I think they trade a, a little bit of the money they're making for the profession that we have now. So I think, Podcasting. yeah, um, <laughs> you know, in, in any profession, though, to be honest, like you're going to the first couple of years are going to suck. Right. Until you move up in the world. Um, and I think especially if you, like you can't feel entitled coming out of school. You have to be willing to grind. And again, that's not just strength coach or PT. That's business. That's anything. And um just think think the long game and what your goals are and hit the steps um hit you know even if it means setting goals like one year three year five year ten year ultimate goals that um you know you stay on track them you find the right people to help you get there and you know it's setting a great down uh, your first job should be setting a great foundation for the incremental steps that you want um to achieve what you want to achieve i think that's huge too uh like self-assessment self-development um you know giving yourself something to work on uh setting goals absolutely that being said thank you again for listening to training room talk um dr john herding if you have any questions any feedback please let us know shoot me an email at j-h-e-r-t-i-n-g at the training room pt.com um, and please spread the word if you like what we put out on our episodes um, please share so we can continue to get the word out thanks a lot guys until next time